It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. How far are you willing to go to follow your dreams? The devil is a lie. Here's your host, Angel Nicole. The devil is a lie. A lot of us say we believe in ourselves. However, many of us aren't willing to put our money where our mouth is. Well, that's not the case for our guest, Eno Umo. He's a licensed drone pilot that's passionate about inspiring young people to take advantage of the many opportunities of entrepreneurship. So much so that he leveraged an opportunity to go back to his father's homeland of Nigeria to set up his drone academy full-time. The Global Air Drone Academy has provided workshops in partnership with the U.S. Department of State, U.S. Embassies in Nigeria, Zambia, the U.K., Ethiopia, and many other locations. To date, they have provided training to over 7,000 students in 600 plus schools and nine countries. It is such a pleasure to have Inno as our guest today on The Devil is a Lie. Please help me welcome him. Hi, Uno. Inno. Hello. I don't want to call yes. you Uno. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, full transparency. Let me tell you a couple things that's happening in my background. A tree limb fell through my roof. So if you hear some knocking, it's them fixing my roof. My roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then second, um, Eno and I were just having a conversation. We connected on LinkedIn um, about a week or so ago. And just hearing all of the things that have been going on with him, I was like, yo, let's just have a conversation around it and really get a, a good understanding of what it took to leave from um your hometown in Baltimore, where you had set up your uh, companies to move to your dad's homeland of Nigeria. What did that take and what was the inspiration behind doing it? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been, you know, very fortunate enough to, you know, of course, have that direct connection, Um, you know, my dad being directly from, you know, Nigeria. So um, I've always, um, you know, honored that and appreciated that, especially when we have um, so many, you know, who actually don't know um, what specific country, you know, their forefathers, you know, may have come from. So uh, knowing that I had that, you know, uh, blessing to know, um, I always was was drawn back. And my father, you know, would bring me to, to Nigeria and bring me to the village, uh, bring me to where you know, his father and grandfather and so many generations have come. Um, and he always instilled in me that, you know, this is your home. Um, so it's always been pretty, pretty deep for me to, to you know, nurture that connection. Um, I know a lot of, you know, this generation who are born in the States and have uh, parents, um, you know, or, or, or uh, kids of, of immigrants to this country. 
Um, sometimes you lose that connection or growing up in the States and not really being able to travel back and, and really, um, you know, build on those connections. So for me, I said I wanted to kind of change the narrative. What are some of the other connections that you had in Lagos? So one of the biggest um, connections that we had was through the um, State Department. And this is something that I actually want people to um, encourage and looking in, uh, to look into, uh, especially if you have um, a, a service or product-based business that could be um, of value to another country. Um, so it's their job to promote U.S. businesses um, in these various countries. And the embassies on ground, they do more than just process visas or, you know, help you if you have uh, a lost passport. You know, they're there to really build uh, that kind of business community. They connect you with potential buyers and, and partners um, that can really help grow your business. So there is a, a strategy. There is a way to do it. Um, you're not going into the situation blind. Um, so, yeah, definitely having those connections kind of building up is what led to me, um, you know, making the move. How did you know to connect with the State Department and that's their job? Because I don't think a lot of people are even aware the State Department can be an ally or even a resource for them. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good question. And, and I guess this, you know, feeds into my whole theme of uh, taking risks and, you know, being willing to put yourself out there, you know, when it comes to really big, you know, decisions. So, you know, just a quick kind of overview on how it actually came to be. Um, back in, what was that, 2016 or so, when there were a number of hurricanes that were coming through, you know, places like Texas and, and um, uh, Florida, there was a current hurricane Maria that actually came to Puerto Rico um, that year. And there was a lot of attention on using drones, you know, for disaster relief and recovery efforts and mapping and surveying. Um, but these two massive, you know, hurricanes that came to the southern states of the U.S., um, a lot of attention was there. But, you know, pretty early on, we could tell no one was really, um, you know, on into Puerto Rico um, like that because it wasn't, you know, necessarily on the mainland. So I just remember saying, you know, if I can get down there, provide coverage, you know, help some of the first responders, um, something, you know, positive, you know, will come of it. And um, I did, you know, just that. I booked a ticket, uh, went to Puerto Rico. I took a lot of photos and maps, and I gave that to the first responders. Um, that story actually got picked up by local news in, in Baltimore. And from there, I was actually contacted by the Smithsonian to do a talk um, in D.C. Um, so that was on, you know, STEM education, um, drone technology, and so forth. At that event was a representative from the State Department and they said, you know, what you're doing is really awesome. We have a program um, that allows you to travel the world and talk about what you do as a professional um, in the STEM field. Would you be open to, you know, exploring it? <laughs> you know, of course. Uh, so it's called the U.S. Speakers Program. Um, and they actually pay you to go out and talk in various countries about, you know, your profession and what you do. Could be for any type of, um, you know, profession. So, um, yeah, if I had never decided to go to Puerto Rico, you know, that chain of events, you know, would have never happened. But, you know, sometimes I say it's like you have to kind of take that risk knowing that the reward may be down the line, but you have to definitely put yourself out there. Are there strict requirements? I mean, I know you're not a State Department representative, but I'm just kind of fascinated <laughs> by this. How rigorous is it to work with the State Department? You know, of course, um, they are going to do their checks and balances. Uh, of course, they want to promote and deal with, um, you know, reputable companies who, you know, have a track record. Uh, can prove, um, you know, what they're capable of and, and, you know, what they've done in the past. 
So, you know, first and foremost, it's just making sure that um, you're ready, you know, to go international. Um, and there are, you know, basics that, you know, you can have in place. Of course, some years of doing business in the States is, is highly, highly uh, recommended. Really, it's, a lot is about how you look, you know, as well as a company, your branding, um, your website, you know, your social media, your references, of course. You know, where else have you done this type of work? So, of course, they're just not going to let anyone kind of, you know, walk in and, and without, you know, those type of uh, checks and balances. But, you know, as much experience as you can build. Um, another lesson that we learned is, you know, there's a lot of free work, you know, you'll have to do to get your name out there. You know, so a lot of our workshops in the beginning were totally free. Um, and we still do a lot of free, you know, uh, workshops as well. But that helped open doors, you know, and that helped get the word out. That helped us get photos and videos that we can now use on our website and use on social media to help grow the brand. Did you ever have moments where you were going through this process where, I mean, when you, let's go back to Baltimore, you know, before you mm-hmm. got in Nigeria, um, where you questioned the work that you were doing and that you would really be able to build success around it? Yeah. Um, from the very beginning, um, I knew that this was, you know, what I wanted to do. And there was a crash drone and I had to really decide, you know, am I really going to at least try to find the money to, you know, repair, replace this drone, or am I going to take this as a sign that maybe this isn't for me? Um, so, you know, whatever I had to do to, you know, scrape up, you know, the amount of money to, to replace that drone, that's exactly what I did. Uh, and from there, you know, it's, it's been successful, but I think again, you know, taking those risks, you know, being prepared um, when things aren't, you know, uh, going your way necessarily. Um, but as long as you're passionate and you know what you want to do, you can definitely get there, for sure. You are a licensed FAA pilot. What mm-hmm. made you decide to go into that particular line of work for drones specifically? Because, like, our, I mean, it's very different than being a regular, like, flight. Like, you're not flying planes. You're flying yeah. drones. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that, that's a requirement for any company um, to be to, to make money from drones. You have to be licensed you know, from the FAA. So just like any other profession, um, you would take some kind of licensing exam. Um, it's the same thing, you know, with drones. So it was a requirement. Uh, we really didn't have a choice. Um, but of course, you know, you want to make your company uh, credible. You know, when people ask, you know, for, for paperwork, I mean, you can't, you can't um, you know, uh, be trying to kind of yeah, put on a facade. Um, so have your paperwork in order, you know, insurance. And these things will come, you know, and a lot of people, you know, always say, well, I, have to have, I need so much money to start a business. I promise you this was a shoestring budget um, in the very, very beginning. We got the basics. We worked out of our homes and we kept it, you know, um, as lean as we could until we built up those, you know, projects that could pay for the things, you know, um, that we need. So definitely, you know, kind of staying um, positive, you know, through those times. Team building is very important for starting a business. Uh It's also important for scaling. Yep. But I will be the first to say, I'm not big on building out major teams. Like I have a group of people that I know I can call on when I have certain projects. Um, but how do you, if you truly want to scale your business, especially, you know, to an international territory, yeah. how do you do that effectively? You know, it, it definitely takes that passion to, to kind of put things in place. But most importantly, you have a system, you know, you have um, 
a, a book, you have uh, a manual on how to do these certain type of jobs. Because, you know, one thing that we've realized, you know, years into the business now, I mean, there is a lot of turnover. And, you know, obviously you don't want turnover at your highest positions, but some of the, you know, instructors and some of the, you know, other staff, I mean, they come and go, especially some of the younger, um, uh, you know, staff, you know, that we have interns and, and like, so you have to have systems in place where the next person can step in, know where to submit work, know how to access, you know, different files. That has to be, you know, a simple uh, process. Um, and a lot of time, you know, as business owners, we get so caught up in actually doing the day to day. We don't necessarily have time to put in, you know, these uh, systems, you know, that will really help uh, grow the company. So, you know, everyone can relate, you know, in the very beginning, very beginning, you're doing operations, you're doing HR, you're doing accounting, you're doing everything, but eliminating the time needed for some of these other tasks is very, very important. Another thing we're, you know, saying now is revenue generating activity. You know, if there's someone else that can do a certain task that's not directly leading to revenue, um, pay someone to do it, you know, because the more time that you're kind of in the day to day and you're not on the big picture, you know, the, the five, 10 year plan, the more time you're going to lose. And that's the most valuable thing we have. Even more than money is our time. It's so true. The devil is a lie. Well, you're tuned in to the Devil is a Lie podcast and our guest, Eno Umo, a licensed drone pilot that's passionate about inspiring young people to take advantage of the many opportunities of entrepreneurship. All right. So now we're going to move into the portion of the show that um, I ask you your devil is a lie moment. So for all of our new listeners and for our guests, um, your devil is a lie moment is a place in time that you did not know how you were going to make it out of a particular situation. Um, it could be something that you it were in your head and you were like, yo, I just can't do this. Like, why do I think I can? And you have that, those imposter syndrome situations, or it could just be a situation that you were just like, yo, like adversity is here and I don't know what I'm going to do. So yeah. I would like to know what that moment was, uh, how you got out of it and what was waiting for you on the other side. Yeah. Um, a really, really, really good question. Um, there's definitely been a few situations, uh, uh, over the years, I would say, see, the one that sticks out, um, I mean, you know, the short, it's the story I mentioned before about, you know, losing that first drone. Um, that was actually kind of one of my defining, uh, you know, moments. Um, and because at the time, you know, it's, it's at the very beginning, you know, of the business and you don't have money, you don't have jobs coming in. I mean, this is a new, you know, operation. And I, I believe that drone was, close to $2,000 know, at the time, no insurance, um, you know, no anything. So when it went down, um, I just felt, I literally felt, you know, my, my body just kind of crashing because it was just like, you know, the fact that I was able to, to, to get the money to, to put into this business. And then now in the, in a blink of an eye, it's just gone. Um, that really kind of shook me. So, you know, I really had to like take some time and be like, Hey, is this something that I want to to do? You know, am I actually passionate about it or was I just, you know, quick, you know, and, and just kind of impulsive? But I gave it a little time. I gave it a couple of days, about a week or so. And I was like, I need to get another job. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do to get it. But, you know, I really, 
yeah, got that kind of emotion, you know, in me. And, um, yeah, I would definitely say that that was my, you know, that was a lot moment because at that point I kind of had such a new, um, appreciation, you know, for this kind of second opportunity, um, after I was able to get, you know, another drone and it was sort of like, yeah, I just never, ever looked back, you know, from then. And, um, it's something, it's something I always think about, you know, cause that could have been a point where I said, you know what? this isn't for me. You know, this is um, not my thing. Clearly I can't fly a drone and it's been the total, total opposite. Ever since. So did that also make you run out and get insurance for all of your uh, future? Equipment? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the first thing <laughs> we have a really good relationship with our insurance company now. So uh, yeah, we don't have those problems anymore. When you have to drop money like that, you learn very quickly what not to do and how to do very, things the right way. So you're protected. Quick. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I will say uh, as a as a caveat too, the, the crash was in front of a potential client as well, so that was made it even worse. So, <laughs> well, so. did you get the client at least? Uh no no we, we we lost that one we lost that one, but we've gotten we've gotten a lot more since then. So. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a good step step one. It wasn't a good first impression. So, yeah. so what would you say has been the greatest lesson that you have learned um, as a business owner? Um, yeah, I would say the biggest lesson is, you know, besides being open to, you know, the risk and kind of the unknown, um, take small steps. You know, a lot of people kind of come in and they have, of course, grand ideas and grand things but one thing i learned is you know just kind of bite off what you can chew at that time um pace yourself um because i'd rather be very good at like two or three things than be like subpar at like seven or eight and i feel like a lot of people they get into this and any type of business they just of course they can do everything they're talented they're, they're smart they're motivated they're passionate but um the time that you lose you know, trying to do everything really is time you cannot, you know, get back. So if there's anything I'm doing right now, you know, six years into this business um, is evaluating my time in a very, very, you know, particular way, making sure that every single minute is being used, you know, not not just productive, but also taking time for yourself, you know, as well. I mean, a lot of people get caught up in doing work, work, work all the time. And, you know, work is it's good, but find some time to rest, you know, take, take some time off, take a nap, you know, uh, rest yourself because you can't even be, you know, as productive as you want to be if you're, you know, burnt out. So yeah, taking time for yourself, taking risk and, you know, keeping it small, just bite off what you can chew. Those are my kind of things that I've learned. Okay. So what happens if an amazing opportunity comes around and you know that your time is already kind of like, mm. yeah. but you also know that this opportunity may not ever come back around. Yeah. What do you do. You, you, you take the opportunity, you take the opportunity. I mean, there are certain things and you kind of get that kind of gut, you know, feeling where, you know, you, you can, uh, you can find time, you know, like they say, you, you find time for the things that you really want. Right. So you know, I would, you know, if it's just now that's a big thing. change from what you just told us. <laughs> really? Because you just told me bite off what I could chew, but now this opportunity mm -hmm. came about. So, yeah, you know, I think you still have to be definitely measured. Um, again, you're not going to take every single thing that walks into every single email that comes through. I mean, you have to 
make sure it makes sense, you know, for you. But, it, you know, if the opportunity comes knocking, I mean, look at it, evaluate it. And if it makes sense, you know, take it. Again, this Puerto Rico story that I told, of course, we're working every day. We're doing different things here and there. And I said, you know what? This opportunity, I absolutely can't miss. So there are definitely certain things that and scenarios that come around that warrant you taking a really hard look. But some of the best, you know, opportunities that have come or, or you know, it's come from out of nowhere. And you got to be ready to quickly write that proposal or, you know. No, so true. Very true. Um, so I'm curious, like, what was your inspiration behind becoming a drone pilot? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's a fairly new industry that's mm-hmm. become mainstream, but what yeah. was the appeal and allure for you? Yeah, well, you know, I can say one of the things that definitely was was of interest to me is, you know, knowing that this was such a, a disruptive industry um, and another, another STEM field that I honestly didn't want us, you know, to be left behind. Um, I really felt that the learning curve to get into this industry was, was really low. Um, even to this day, there's no drone companies that have been around for, you know, 10, 15, you know, 20 years. I mean, everyone is relatively new. So we're in a really amazing time, you know, to, to be in the same playing field as a lot of these other uh, companies um, and a lot of other people that would, you know, naturally have kind of a, a, a leg up, you know. So um, for us to be in the industry, also to give back to the community was always, you know, um, inspiration to me. Um, you know, a quick one about how even what even inspired me to get in drones. I was actually in Nigeria, um, you know, where I am now. I saw a drone being used for filming purposes. And um, I said, you know, this is, of course, a fascinating piece of equipment, but even more fascinating that someone is making money, you know, from this uh, machine. And so I looked into the industry once I saw all the different, you know, sectors that were using it from agriculture to delivery to, you know, oil and gas. I said, you know, this is this is it, you know, for me. And sort of like just a light switch just kind of came on. Um, and how I always say we, we just dove off the cliff, you know, head first and uh, we never, never look back. I love it. <laughs> now, for anybody who has never piloted a drone, it is not as easy as it looks. Um, so our our mutual friend tony he had sent my boys some um drones to build and we finally did it this past weekend and let me tell you like building a drone without like a real formal instructor and depending on me and you know somebody else to help we, we we made it through but like the actual piloting of it, I mean, you really have to focus and mm-hmm. learn, you know, how do you activate it? How do you, you know, get the propellers going? How do you do yeah. your takeoff, your landing without mm-hmm. crashing it? Yeah. Especially exactly. when they're expensive. Exactly. So um, I would definitely encourage you guys to go um, try to pilot a drone so you can get yeah. a full experience. Definitely, definitely. Much, uh, much highly recommended. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to somebody who believes they are ready to take their business um, into international territory, what would that be? Be ready. You know, um, build your brand, your company, your experience up to a level where, you know, anyone could look and and see and know that, you know, 
um, this company is ready uh, to take an opportunity. A lot of times you'll see opportunities that pop up and it, it may look like it's too big or, you know, out of range, but you're, you're building your business to be ready, you know, for those, um, you know, when they come along. So mm-hmm. keeping good records, you know, of, of what you've done, some of the projects that you've completed. Um, of course, if you're into, you know, products and, and services, um, you know, just making sure that you have uh, the experience. For us, um, we were between two and three years in before we actually received grants uh, from the State Department. Um, so that's definitely being ready, um, contacting your local uh, representative. Um, they're usually through the U.S. Department of Commerce, um, and they are the gateway, you know, to some of these opportunities. I mean, if you want to do business in Egypt or Morocco, you literally give them your profile. You say, this is what we want to do. Do you have any recommendations on where we should do it? And they have representatives, of course, all over the world. Um, and it is their job, um, again, to help U.S. businesses grow. Um, so use, you know, these opportunities, these resources that are there, you know, for you. And yeah, it's, it's enough room for everyone, you know, to grow. And also, I would add, you know, it's, it's have that kind of X factor. Be innovative um, with your business. I mean, what makes you stand out, you know, from other businesses that do uh, similar work? Of course, when you hear drones, uh, this is a new topic. Everyone's, you know, uh, wanting to see, uh, you know, what the allure is. But we actually have something to kind of back up just that that uh, new, you know, term. So, yeah, being innovative, um, having the backing and, and preparing, you know, for now, before we close out, is there anything that you would like to share with your social media or any upcoming projects that you're yeah, working absolutely. on? Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram, our handle for Nigeria is gata.ng, gata for global air drone academy.ng. You can also find us at GA Drone Academy. We are having a uh, drone soccer competition uh, actually on Saturday, the 5th of February. Uh, we will have the first ever. Uh, drone soccer competition right here in Lagos, uh, featuring eight schools uh, from District One. Um, most of these schools have predominantly girls on, on the on the team, um, so it'd be really really cool to see them competing. And then uh, we're hoping that the winning team can actually travel to the U.S. for the international drone soccer competition um, in July this year. So. Um, has some really cool things going on. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really awesome. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right. And thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to today's podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed the information that we shared around international business and going after your dreams. Don't ever allow anything to stop you. The Devil is a Lie is a production of the Live Podcast Network, an entity of DC Media Connection produced by Angel Ivis and engineered by Julio Gonzalez at Zymer.co. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Alive Podcast Network. We hope that you enjoyed today's show and remember there's always greatness within you. And if anyone tells you any different, the devil is a lie. Until next time, be blessed. The devil is alive.